everyone, and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Kevon Queenpin. Guys, are you ready for part two of what happened with the card? So, let's take a moment out, and I'll be right back. So, okay, like I said, at this point, the... Student loan is taking precedent, and I am just like, I didn't realize I could not get a bank account. And, of course, it's like, well, what am I to do? Well, this is when I get into, like, again, the prepaid cards and finding out, hey, which I thought were glorious at the time. And believe it or not, so... Yeah, I didn't know how expensive and, again, they serve a purpose. They really do serve a purpose. And I would not tell anyone not to get one because, guess what? Sometimes you do want to have money on a card that is not related to your bank account by any means necessary. And I don't mean those little prepaid gift cards that you buy from the store, you know, at your local CVS or you see in Home Depot or Target or anything like that. Those are great too. And trust and believe, I love a good Amazon card. I love a good Best Buy card. I love, love, love a Target card. But, you know, this is not about those. These are about those prepaid cards that you can keep refilling and using as though it is a debit card or a credit card or whatever. And believe it or not, guys, these cards even have account numbers and routing numbers because they are all attached to banks. They are attached to actual banks. Sometimes not a physical bank, but they are at least attached to a bank or banking company. And the reason I say these things are expensive because... Believe it or not, the expenses aren't huge, even though I'm saying they're expensive. Most of these cards, if you're not getting direct deposit, or sometimes even if you are getting direct deposit, now normally direct deposit, there is no fee. For some, there are, it's a monthly fee, and then that way you can spend. Like, let's go with... um. Net spend. Net spend, if you're getting a direct deposit, it's free. But in order to put money on this card, you have to pay $250 in order to put money on the card. Now, the thing about that is they really get you with fees on the back end. So normally, if you when you go and you spend money from your debit banking card there are no fees on the back end meaning every time you swipe your card you're just spending that money when you spend money with a a card like NetSpend for every transaction that you do if you're doing a credit transaction it's a dollar per transaction if you're doing a debit transaction however it is actually two dollars and fifty cents per transaction if you're taking money cash off the card, it is 250 
plus whatever, you know, the fee is for the ATM or for getting cash back at a store. So, yeah, this gets a little pricey. So just imagine for every dollar you spend, let's say you buy something for a dollar. You're spending two dollars to pay that one dollar, which is that's an a one hundred percent markup. You're literally paying two dollars. So if you buy a bottle of water for one dollar, you're paying two dollars for that bottle of water. So let's say you had a hundred dollars on that card. You now have ninety eight because instead of ninety nine, because you had to spend two dollars just to buy a one dollar bottle of water. So yeah, this is really where they get you. Or they have some sort of um, program where you spend $10 for the month and then that way you avoid these fees. So they're getting it now on the front end. You spend $10, but let's say you're a person that really just spends, um, uses this card for your 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 bills and you're not really doing a lot of transactions uh well that means that you're spending ten dollars and you make two transactions that's literally like five dollars per transaction which at that point is not worth it it's really not worth it there are other um cards like Excella account now, um, you know, where account now, again, if you do the, if you do the direct deposit over a certain amount there, it, oh, actually, no, if you do the direct deposit, there is no fee. Now, if you are putting money on over a certain amount, and I believe that amount is $500, there is no fee. Under $500, you have to pay $495 to load your card. $495 to load your card. Now, with this card, there is no fee on the back end, which is great, but the amount to put, you know, on this card you have to load it with $5. Now, NetSpend, unlike Account Now, allows you to put a minimum of $10. Um, account Now, you have to put a minimum of $20. So, in order to load your card, you have to pay $25. $20 going toward the account and $5 toward the fee. Now, the crazy part about these is that you actually have to find places. You have to find your local Western Union. You have to find your local check cashing place to go and load these cards. So even that in and of itself can be an expense because now you're driving or riding or walking all over the place trying to find out where you can load your card if you don't already know. You know, and as I've always said, sweat equity is still a thing. So if you're walking all over God's green creation, trying to find a place 
where you can put money on this card. Yeah, you're wasting part of your day because you don't know where to go in order to do so. Now, you can Google these places. And the thing is, sometimes, and I wouldn't even say sometimes, I'm going to say all the time, call up the stores or the check cashing place or your Western Union to make sure that particular location is still doing what Google or the website or whomever has told you. Because a lot of times what can happen is the location will have backed out or stopped or something. And either, you know, the company has no idea or, you know, Google doesn't always get updated in live time. So that you may be getting information that is old information and that's not what you want. It's always good to make that call anyway, just so that you have, you know, opening and closing times and business hours and all that great stuff and find out if there's any other information that you need to bring other than just the money and the card. Um, you know, so, but they can tend to be pretty, pretty expensive, you know, whether it's from the loading fee or per transaction fee or, but again, they serve their purpose. I will never say don't get one, but sometimes it really is easier to look into other ways of banking. And again, I say make sure that you are clearing up any old debts just so that you don't have to worry about not being able to put your money in a bank, worrying about a freeze or garnishment or anything else like that. Because that does weigh on you. And believe it or not, it is harder to build credit with a garnishment or a freeze on your account. So yeah, that does play a part in it too. And for those that don't know, guys, you know, everything pretty much takes credit now. So in order to be able to rent an apartment, get a car, all the great stuff that we love, you know, sometimes that we even take for granted. Yeah. It's, these are things that we need. But getting back to the card situation, right? So... Still, I wasn't really too pressed with this because it was like, I've got a debit card. I don't have to worry about it. But I wasn't thinking about my credit score. Now, I am paying my bills on time. I'm making sure that things are getting done, you know. And I don't know why. I just really started paying attention to my credit score and wanting to make sure that I was better. And at this point, I'm realizing, hey, you know what? I have not the best credit score, but I had, at that point, I had a pretty fair credit score. And it was like, 
oh, hey, let me see, you know, what I can do. Let me go and start, let me get a bank account. Because at this, at that point, you know, at this point, the debt collectors weren't calling me. My student loan is paid off, you know, all this great stuff. So I'm like, hey, now one thing that you will know is once your garnishment is over, if you're getting garnished, your credit score will go up. But the other thing is, if you're not, if you don't have a current credit card, which more than likely if you're getting garnished, you don't. But if you don't have a current credit card, you actually go back to basics as far as your credit history. So now you have to start rebuilding your credit history. Now, so, you know, you don't know about your credit history age. You don't know about any of that. And it gets a little dicey. So at this point, I, I go and I get a... I get a bank account and I start begin to start doing what I need to do. And I notice the difference. I notice one of the things, because with a lot of those prepaid cards, there are certain things and certain companies that will not take said card. Um, you know, so a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stores and online vendors have the right to refuse to take any prepaid cards. They don't, they won't take them. Um, and a lot of times they are viewed as gift cards, even though, again, like I said, this card has an account number and a routing number attached to it because it is attached to an actual bank. But because it is prepaid and pre-deposited, a lot of companies view it the same way they would view a Visa gift card or a MasterCard gift card, and they do not want to deal with this card. They ask you, do you have a valid checking account? Do you have a credit card? But they don't want to deal with your prepaid debit card so this becomes a problem in certain circles or with certain vendors um one being the online um the home shopping network or qvc those places even though they will take it for some they will not necessarily take it for those like flexible payments you know, kind of like Klarna or, you know, where you pay month to month or whatever. They don't take it for those. They either need your credit card or your checking account. Your only real option when buying from them usually is to pay upfront the whole entire thing, which is like, ugh. But that really is your best bet is to pay the entire thing up front. So, yeah, those are things that you really, really have to look out for. Because if not, you're really kind of stuck. 
you're you're really kind of you know lost when it comes to those things but again so there are different institutions you can go to um one definitely make sure if you are like I was before when I wasn't having the best relationship with money and trust me guys now that I'm on the other side of this it does make such a difference you feel so much clearer and trust me I've been out of that for years but you do begin to realize that you feel so much clearer I mean I was in this situation years ago and I still remember that feeling of feeling stuck, kind of being in survivor mode. You're you're just surviving even though you're working hard for your money. You are, you know, paying all of your bills, but you really feel stuck. And you don't have to feel that way. You don't have to be afraid to look at your credit score. You don't have to be afraid to um, necessarily answer the phone because I remember at that point, I was pretty much scared to answer the phone. You know, even with, even with, you know, having a cell phone and seeing the number come across, you know, because was just scared to answer the phone. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to look at it that way. One of the things is, one of the things that I learned is really taking this head on and saying, hey, what can I handle? Because find out, even if you are dealing with a debt collector, one of the biggest things is to find out what is the minimum And don't go for what they tell you the minimum is. Ask them what is, if you cannot afford what they're asking for, because a lot of companies love to do that won't budge thing. But here is one of the things that I have learned. When they garnish your money, they can only take a certain amount. They cannot take. Um, what would cause, what would cost you to not be able to pay your bills? So if they're telling you, oh, well, you know what? We're not taking less than $500 a month and you know, good and well at, for whatever reason, $500 a month is not going to be viable for you, you know, and I get it right now, you know, like again, Rents are three, four, five thousand dollars. But even at this point, remember, you still have to pay that rent. So five hundred dollars, if they're saying five hundred dollars and you can't afford to pay that, you know, you're really kind of stuck because that's five hundred dollars less for a bill. So You can ask them, what's the minimum? What is the actual minimum that you can pay? And you pay that. And you pay that. You make sure that you're paying that 
on time every month. If you can pay more, let's say you get your income tax refund or you come into some money or you get a bonus or whatever, then you should definitely put some of that toward your debt. Put that toward your debt. Now, one of the other things that you should note, if you are someone that is being garnished, guess what? If you owe other bills, other companies cannot come for you. No, they cannot come for you because you're actually having money taken out of your paycheck. Um, so yeah, they cannot come for you. And one of the things is you can make an agreement if you have, if you do have extra money on the side after having your check garnished for the week or however you get paid, um, you can agree to pay them something. But if it is if you're actually strapped for cash and after being garnished, they cannot come for you until that debt is fully paid. Now, one of the other things I will say is for those on re- in retirement or on disability. If you are retired or if you are disabled and, you know, this is being taken out of your whatever your retirement or your disability um those are the only things that can, the only things that can come out of your retirement or or your disability are child support or any federal loans those are the only things so if it's a private debt no those debts cannot, they, they cannot garnish your, you know, whatever benefit you're getting. They cannot come for those. You can agree to pay them, which guys, remember, it is working toward your credit score, working toward you having a better relationship with your money. So you can go ahead and agree, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you because I want to do better. And sometimes that's what it's about. Just saying, hey, you know what? Let's get this. Because one of the things is those phone calls are harassing. Getting those letters that you don't necessarily want to look at is very annoying. So why not get them out of your hair and say, hey, here, Here's the money that I owe you. Let's get this out of the way. And guess what? Sometimes if you are even having a harder time, you can say to them, hey, you know what? I've been paying you, but this week, this month, I am having a little bit harder of a time. You know, something happened. And you can make an an agreement to possibly double up on the next month. But, guys... For those of you who are in the same boat like I was years ago, definitely let's start to get this handled so that one, you're not in survivor mode, you're not ducking and dodging phone calls trying to figure out, hey, is that number really 
someone I should be answering or someone I shouldn't be answering. Because you don't want to miss a phone call from your friend that happened to change your number and they're calling to let you know they changed their number. You know? So, yeah. But, guys, I hope that this helps. You know, and if you're someone that's looking for a bank, definitely check out banks. Google them. Look for what, you know, what they, what they're offering. And even if you're not looking for a bank and you're, but you're looking to have somewhere where you can direct deposit, you can also check out things like PayPal, Venmo, uh, Cash App, because again, they also have account info and routing numbers. So Definitely give them a check and find something that you can use and that you need. But as always, guys, I hope that this was helpful. And if you didn't listen to part one as to why I'm talking about this in part two, definitely go back and listen to part one. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping.